Well, welcome back to Listening About It. I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with uh, two young men who you're going to meet, and you're going to be glad you met them. Uh, For those of you uh, who normally tune in, you'll know that Stan Fowler is uh, usually my partner in this. Stan is recovering from his stroke. Just saw him yesterday. Uh, He is eager to communicate but can't really do it yet, and we're just praying that he'll recover. Dave Barker fills in for us as well. Uh, But today I've got uh, two young men who are involved in an amazing story of church planting. I'm talking with Pastor Aaron Reck and uh, Josiah Rock. And uh, these are two young men whom God is using now in planting a church. And uh, the story really is not your typical story, is it, Aaron? Yeah, not exactly. Not from uh, the books I've read. And you've been reading a lot of books lately. I've been trying, yeah. In fact, what people tell me is, in the old days, you weren't much of a book reader. No, I, uh, I used to pride myself in high school uh, that I wouldn't read a page of the book, but I would try to pass the course. Very dedicated it person. Was, yeah, it was very foolish. I don't <laughs> recommend it. But uh, you're a little motivated now, aren't you, to read? Yes. And yeah. why, why are you reading so much these days? Uh, I do enjoy it, but also I think I've learned to read out of necessity. Uh, I have a lack of uh, natural wisdom, and so I like to glean as much as I can from anywhere else. Okay, this is not a podcast about reading, per se, but it's a podcast about why are you such an avid reader now, and that's because God has called you a fireman and and a magician and a little bit of a musician. You've been doing a lot of that stuff. And God has called you from that into church planting. Mm -hmm. That's a story I love hearing. Uh, Tell us how that happened. Yeah, well, you can kind of tell your side of it because you were obviously very involved. But uh, church planting was something my wife, Mariah, and I had talked about a number of times. And it was kind of the thing we kept squashing down. We didn't know what it would look like. When Granby was talking about planting a church, we thought maybe we'll be on a core team. Maybe we'll do something. But with Mariah nursing, us having a young family, me firefighting full-time, that had kind of, you know, given us a ceiling of what we thought our involvement would look like. Now, why were you even interested in church planting? Because you don't like my preaching. You feel like someone, there's got to be somewhere else that I can go, <laughs> uh, or, or the style. I mean, why were you even thinking as a member of Grandview about being involved in a church plant? Was it because we were talking about it, or did you have an idea even before that? Uh, it's, I can't really think back to the, the origin of all of it, but I think it was a bit of that, just catching the vision of, of church planting. We didn't know anything else. I've been at Grandview from birth, so it's not like I had been hopping around to different churches. It's not like I'd experienced church planting, uh, but we had just kind of seen in our own lives, you know, starting up small groups, you know, leaving them with somebody else, starting up another small group, uh, doing that kind of thing, and then, yeah, just being excited about um, using our gifts for new Okay, and you were using things. your gifts. I, I remember you were a, a small group leader, and how was that going for you? That, that gift that God gave you, was it being used, and was there fruit? I think so, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think there was some untapped uh, stuff, which I think has come out in church planting. But, yeah, we were involved in a number of different things, which gave us the thought that we should be know, more involved in doing these things. And so when we heard about church planting, it sounded exciting and we thought, hey, maybe this is something we should be a part of. And so 
it had been again a thing that we had thought talked about kind of let it go talked about let it go and then it really came to a front when you which again maybe you want to tell your side of the story of the circumstances that led into you asking me about it but i was here for some leadership training and the first principles and uh you had just asked me bluntly, hey, what do you think about church planting? And I was like, well, I've thought a lot about church planting, and that really got the ball rolling. And I don't know if I was wow. just the first sucker that you asked. Well, we were we were actually quite desperate. Um, <laughs> we, we had been praying for your typical leader, a proven guy. I was talking with Feb about the right guy. The It's like uh, Samuel looking for the next king. You know, he looks for the all the, the good-looking sons, not realizing that there was, a ruddy, in a field. <laughs> there was a ruddy kid in the field, and, and th- nothing was happening. And I probably wouldn't normally have said what I said, but I, I know enough to know that God does things like that, so it just kind of blurted out, and that, that started a serious conversation. Yeah, and, and that really uh, launched into... Yeah, well, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that specifically means with, you know, my lack of theological education formally, my lack of experience. What is that going to look like? And so uh, that really turned into just talking with uh, Tom Haynes at Feb Central. Uh, Feb Central, our denomination, is uh, really excited about Mm -hmm. church planting. And so just connected with him and uh, he suggested and you suggested going through the assessment process and figuring out, hey, is this something that you know at least from other people's perspective kind of the affirmation of others is this a a good move or a good step to take still not really knowing what that would look like now sometimes pastoral training is a lot like um, karate kid right where he's learning the moves without really knowing he's learning the moves wax on wax off right and i just i suspect that god was grooming you uh for this position i mean god is sovereign and why wouldn't he? But do you think that um, your experience as a young father with children and leading a household, leading a marriage, and being uh, probably the youngest full-time firefighter in in the water? I know you were, you were one of the youngest recruits. Uh, so you're in that paramilitary environment, saving lives, a lot of pressure. Do you think somehow that God was using those experiences to shape you for pastoral ministry? Yeah, definitely. And I think the more I learn about pastoral ministry, the more I see that um, come out in different ways. And even things that I wouldn't necessarily expect. So there is some around, you know, the discipline around, you know, structure around, uh, well, I think it was even Lloyd-Jones who, you know, he went from pursuing medicine being a doctor into pastoral ministry and he was you know saying now he's saving lives in a much more whole sense and so this not to kind of romanticize firefighting to pastoral ministry but it in one sense that's kind of the obvious side of things but on the less obvious side is even just seeing you know the brokenness in the world seeing trauma seeing uh, things that I would have never seen from a, a relatively safe and cushy life otherwise has really helped me pastorally I think, you know, come alongside people and just knowing the brokenness that exists that I wouldn't have known from a typical mm-hmm. of my life. So, Okay, but we're, we're used to pastors knowing things, you know, having education, formal education, Greek, Hebrew, 
church history, homiletics, hermeneutics. There's a lot of stuff that we put into the heads of pastors. We call it training. You haven't had that. No. Right? And so how can like how can you pastor without that? What just talk help help our viewers, our viewers, we're not on we haven't gone there yet, but our listeners Help them understand how, by the grace of God, you're you're gathering people. They continue to um, attend and, and pay attention to your teaching, and they're respecting your leadership. You haven't been to seminary at least full time. You haven't finished it. I don't know if you're planning it or not. But so help us understand the role of of theological education in your ministry preparation. Yeah, so in a big part, I think it's even just acknowledging that that's a missing piece in the whole puzzle and not just saying, oh, you know, I don't need it, kind of move on. Um, But seeing it as that missing piece, I think it lit a fire in my bones to be, uh, and I think I'm fairly intrinsically motivated, but we talked about being a reader. You know, there's a lot of vacancies in knowledge. So I've had to kind of pick up the slack where, you know, I was missing some of that. And then I think even with that is just considering on a skills side mm-hmm. of things. I, yeah, the goal is to, to keep chipping away at Amen. theological education, but seeing mostly the qualifications biblically for pastors as character qualities. And uh, again, you know, not a deep uh, education background necessarily. I think those are tools in the toolbox. Yes, they are. Now, I just almost forgot. We're here with Josiah. Yeah. I, I just forgot he was here. He's so quiet. Uh, He coughed. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Here you are. This is so weird. You haven't graduated from school, but you got Josiah, who has graduated from seminary. And um, he's coming along. He's your your assistant. He's your intern or he's your worship director. Um, That's kind of unusual. So how do you guys uh, work together? Uh, Josiah, why don't you... Can you, am I going to get you in trouble by even asking that question? <laughs> no. Well, we talk a lot about that, actually, and it's been definitely a learning process over the past two years of learning how to work with each other, um, realizing that we're pretty different people personality-wise, and uh, yeah, I have m- more formal theological training. So do you have conversations where you can add value to him and you share with him? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We, even this morning we are, uh, Aaron was working on sermon prep and stuff and I was doing, you know, my own stuff beside him in his office, uh, for the purpose of, uh, just being able to bounce ideas off each other and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I think what Aaron was saying is totally true about, you know, qualifications for pastors and elders Mm -hmm. are not how many letters come after your name but our quality of your character and so uh, you know he's my pastor and just because I have um you have a bth or what do you you have it's a bre and I'm working on my mdiv okay just because I have three letters after my name right now doesn't mean that you know I'm better than him at anything right and so (laughs) Uh, I, think I think it's even definitely that, like he, he models well and he won't, I mean, I guess it's coming out a little bit, but 
that takes, and maybe it's a unique situation, but it takes a level of humility mm-hmm. uh, for that to to work and happen too. I'm sure Josiah could have come in and said, this is a bad deal. You know, I signed up to intern under someone who knows what they're talking about. And now I got this Aaron punk. Yeah, it speaks to his character. He's humble. He's full of humility, <laughs> as someone once said. So wait a minute. People are saying you got, okay, the firefighter and this guy. How, how, is, how old is your church? Uh, we just celebrated our one-year anniversary. So one year. Are you full-time? I'm full-time right now. After one year. And who's, what's Aaron? I mean, what's uh, Aaron? To get Josiah. Josiah. I'm 20 hours a week. Half 20, how does that happen? I know guys who are in it for five years, and they're not full-time. Okay, what, what's, explain that. We've got a few minutes left in the podcast. This is great. Yeah, well, this has been kind of part of the journey. Uh, so the first year of uh, our public gatherings, and there was t- stuff that went into it before that first year, I was bivocational, so firefighting full-time, uh, and then doing the pastor thing as well. Uh, so I just started a leave of absence, so a 12-month leave of absence to be able to do it full-time. Uh, and uh, that was something that we felt needed to happen for the you know the good of our church and the good of our my personal family yeah. and uh, even just that to get equipped mm-hmm. to be able to take some more courses. And so that was a conviction we had, but we didn't know how it would look and work. And uh, we knew we wanted to keep Josiah on after his internship. So his official title now is pastoral assistant. Well, um, but what does he do? He does everything. But his worship, so. isn't he a worship guy? Yeah, so he's the primary worship leader. He preaches. Uh, does a lot of the so how important is it to you as a church planter to your first hire being someone in worship it's a huge weight off of uh, my shoulders and it's uh, I think it's just a testament to what's important to us you know even that things that we've learned over this past year with lockdowns and different things our gathered worship is critically important Um, and so to have Josiah always putting deep thought and consistent presence and everything into it mm-hmm. uh, is extremely valuable and so this is by god's grace this is where we've landed that it looks like this is you know mm-hmm. a direction that we can go as a church well our, our hearers should know that um, this is something that grandview loves and prayed for and helped fund uh, initially i mean it's not your typical church planting scenario where a guy all by himself kind of does it and uh, i would encourage churches to think that way how can churches uh, resource and bless mm-hmm. uh, uh, church plants so that they don't start off in a hole, but they start off. W- w- you 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 received a number of people from Grandview. Mm-hmm. Since then, others have joined. Uh, we could go on about the story, but how you got that facility, mm-hmm. which is just an amazing answer to prayer. Uh, but we're out of time, and uh, I want to thank you guys for being part of a historic era at Grandview. Uh, we've been encouraged by it, and we're asking God, if he, if he doesn't mind, to let us have another go at it because it's been such a great journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless you, and thanks for joining us on our podcast. This is Bob McGregor for Thinking About It, and I'm here with Aaron Reck, Josiah Rock. Thanks for having us. God bless you. Keep thinking about it. <laughs>